Today is the fourth Sunday of Easter, popularly known as Good Shepherd Sunday. As we heard in the opening uh, words of the Gospel, Jesus declares as one of the I Ams in the Bible, I am the Good Shepherd. There are many I Ams in the Bible. I am the living water. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. So today we hear of I am the good shepherd. Mind the, the adjective good. The good shepherd. Not any kind of shepherd, but who? The good shepherd. Meaning, if you wish to imitate Christ as a good shepherd, you should pay attention to the qualities that make him good. He describes himself who a good shepherd is. In the gospel, as you hear, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So the first quality of a good shepherd is what? That he is sacrificial. To lay down one's life, Jesus is taking our minds back to the cross. As you look at the crucifix, you see the emblem and uh, why we always have that emblem in the church is to remind you of how much God loves you and how sacrificial he has been. And he still is. The Lord is good. Amen. And so, dear friends, Jesus makes a statement, uh, as he says, he said that I, I know my own and my own know me. And I want to title this uh, uh, reflection as how much do you know your shepherd? How much do you know your shepherd? I'm saying this because we are living in a world, remember, that in the olden days, whereby the creed was, de, uh, was declared, the creed, you know, when they wrote the credo, the Nicene creed and the apostles' creed, it was at a time whereby there were many gods that people were worshipping. So the church had to declare that, that there is one God. And you see it in the, I believe in one God. That is why we have it, the first line of the, of the, the, of the creed. In this age whereby we have many people who call themselves pastors, you need to listen carefully. In times whereby we are so confused, how do you distinguish the voice of your good shepherd talking to you? In a situation whereby you are indecisive because of what you are facing, how do you know the voice which is God's? That is why I'm saying, how much do you know your shepherd? How do you distinguish the words that come from God from the one that comes from the devil? Because anytime we ask God for anything, the devil is aware of what we ask. And he comes in to, to bring in uh, bait for us to be hooked he brings in bait, especially when we are so anxious. The one who is anxious is prone to being hooked in the bait that the devil brings as a false answer to our prayer. So we will be thinking it is God that has done it. And so when you have prayed and God seems, you see a sign of God's answer to your prayer, what should you do? Subject that sign to prayer, to further prayer. For you to understand clearly if it is of God. 
or is it the devil tempting you so you there are so many decisions people have taken in the past and they realize it was not God. But when they appeared, they looked like God brought the opportunity. The Lord is good. So how much do you know your shepherd? And we need to be asking ourselves this question. God, are you the one talking? Is this decision I'm taking, or will this decision I'm taking please you? We did glorify your name in my life, and so on and so forth. And so to be sacrificial means to prefer the life of the flock to himself. So he gave his life up so that you and I will live. He opted to be born in a manger, so you and I could have a place to lay our head. He was born from one of the poorest of families that you might be rich. He was born in order to identify with those who are at that level. That no matter your condition, Jesus has passed through such a condition. And with him, you can have consolation. That he was born in a manger, the manger did not define his destiny. Still was able to fulfill his destiny, and he still remained the king of the universe. And so anyone who is born in such a condition, anyone who sees himself in such a mess, whereby you are being attacked, just as Jesus was being persecuted, that such a person will enjoy the love of God and the victory that Christ won for us through his resurrection. To be sacrificial also means to provide Every fourth Sunday of Easter, we celebrate the Good Shepherd in years A, B, and C. And in these years, we read from the Gospel of John chapter 10. In year A, the psalm was, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. In year B, what is the psalm? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. If you check, you see the psalm is also different. But all of them still reflecting how the good shepherd was appearing to be the one that could be pushed away. The one that could be counted as nothing. And the question is, just as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 verse 16. He said, Behold, I send you out as sheep among wolves. Why would Jesus do such a thing? Why would he not send us as lions or as wolves so that we would devour every person who wants to attack us? And he sends us out as sheep because he knows that through that way, you win. He was led to the slaughter. He was led to the cross like an animal led to the slaughter who cannot resist, who cannot help himself. So a sheep is one who cannot help himself. Without the help of the shepherd, the sheep is nothing. And so we are nothing. That's why the Bible says, cut off from me, you can do nothing. The Lord is good. And so the, the good shepherd decided to lay down his life so that we might live. And the good shepherd is the one that leads us to 
green pasture. For those who seek to travel to a place that will make them comfortable. For those who seek to change their job from this one to another one that is better. For those who, who, who intend to change their destination. Have you consulted God? The one who can lead you to green pasture. That is the work of a good shepherd. That if you place it before him, he knows how he can work things out. You've been having delay in your visa. Have you talked to God about it? If you have talked to him about it, then forget about it. He knows what to do. If it is his will and he knows where you want to go, will lead you to greener pasture and glorify his name, it will be successful. So trust him. So to be sacrificial means to sacrifice one's life and prefer the life of the sheep and also to provide for the sheep. These are the two ways. And we see these in our parents when our parents sacrifice a lot. Every mother dies in order to bring forth new life. A mother is a symbol of how God himself died in order to do what? To save our own life. And so, we see our parents, if they don't have much, they prefer to give their children first. They decide to stay hungry as far as their children eat. This is an example of how a shepherd should be. The second quality is that a good shepherd is selfless. Actually, it is selflessness that makes him to be sacrificial. But by bringing in selflessness, I want to talk about how the good shepherd Jesus compares himself with the hireling, like someone who is being hired. If you are being hired to do something, what are you hired for? For the pay, isn't it? For what you gain from it. But a good shepherd doesn't look for what he is to gain from you. Rather, he's thinking of what he should benefit you, what he should do for you. As a husband, as a wife, as children, as parents, what is your state of mind? Do you think going into marriage is about what you are to gain from the marriage? Or what you should contribute to the marriage? Do you think having a wife or having a husband is what you should be thinking of what to gain from your partner or what you should contribute to your partner? To be a good shepherd is to be selfless to think of the other first. And when you have done it, the glory will return to you. You will benefit from the other way. And for children who are always looking up to what their parents should do for them, do you take time to think of what you should do for your parents? In the same manner, when we ask God for things, we ask him for these, we ask him for that, do we take our time to also ask God, what do you want me to do for you? God is so interested and he's so pleased when we think of what to do what, what to do for one another. And when we think of what to do for one another, he becomes more interested in our cases and in our issues and problems. And he will surely solve our problems. Amen. Amen. The last quality is that the good shepherd is patient. Yeah. The leadership quality of Christ, the number one that stands out is patience. You cannot be a leader if you have no patience. And if you want to be a good leader and a good shepherd, you should ask for patience. Patience is a virtue. 
You cannot serve. You cannot keep on being sacrificial. You cannot keep on being selfless if you are not patient. There are many wives, there are many husbands who have sacrificed for their partner, but their partner have not returned any love at all. Will you stop doing what you've been doing? Where is your patience? We have failed God in many ways. We have failed Jesus. We have disappointed him in many ways, yet he still loves us because he's patient. And in the definition of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible says that love is what? Patient and kind. And this is the work of a good shepherd. The Lord is good. I go on to ask the question, how much do you know your shepherd? What has ever made you to make a wrong decision in life before? What has made you to be confused before? What has ever made you to leave the church? Some have left and come back. Yeah, the one who has not left will not know much about the importance of the Catholic Church. The one who has left knows it. And when you come back, you can never leave again because you've seen that, no, we have it. Living the Catholic Church is like living close to a river and you leave to beg someone for water in a cup. That's how irrational it looks. Being in the midst and under the care of the good shepherd and you're leaving the, the care of the good shepherd, you're running to somewhere else. It's like choosing to be the wolf and not the sheep. And so what, how are you able to acknowledge or recognize the voice that is God's? I bring this analogy for us to understand because the devil is so cunning. God's love, because it's sacrificial, begins somewhere that is not so interesting. But that of the devil begins in a very interesting way to entice you. The tendency to pick that which entices you is there. That's why I asked the question, how much do you know the good shepherd? So that you know when he is the one at work in your life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him might not perish but have everlasting life. And we know that John 10, 10 says that the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to do what? To destroy. So even if his approach, his first approach is so nice and enticing, his intention is hidden behind that enticement. But what about that of God? The Bible says that the road to heaven is narrow. But the one that leads to hell is very wide. That is how I can compare. How do you distinguish and recognize in order to make a good choice that glorifies the name of God? How much do you know your good shepherd is the question. And so the devil comes first to entice you. But God comes sacrificially so that after the Good Friday, the Easter, will be enjoyed for a long time. Good Friday is just a day. But you see, Easter, we are celebrating it for seven good weeks. How will you be patient? How will you be intelligent and wise to know that this 
suffering you are passing through is approved by God and that it will lead to success. St. Paul wrote to the Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Consider that your present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed. And again, someone wrote a book and says, there are many ways of avoiding temptation, but the surest way is cowardice. There are many ways of avoiding temptation, but the surest way is what? Cowardice. If you behave like a coward, you're behaving like a sheep, like a lamb that was led to the slaughter. Jesus behaved like a coward. He was pat upon. He was slapped. He was crowned with thorns. He still kept quiet. As if he's a coward. But through that cowardice, he won the cross. He conquered death and brought us life. How many times do you want to react because of how your wife talks? How many times do you want to react because of how your husband talks? How many times do you want to insult your parents because of how they misunderstand you? Behave like a coward. And you win it. Imagine me as a priest, someone tempts me and makes me annoyed. And I feel like slapping the person. I know that this person is very little. I can overcome this one. Imagine that I slap that person and the person slaps me back. And I slap again. The person slaps back. Fighting has uh, begun. And imagine that the person gives me wound. Have I won? I have disgraced myself. Because I wanted to show that I am powerful. But if I had behaved like a coward, I would have overcome that temptation. Jesus had all the power to change the stone to become bread. He had the opportunity. He had the power. Did he do it? By not doing it, he overcome, he overcame the temptation of buying to the devil, of obeying the devil. It's not everything you must react. This is the attitude of the good shepherd. The Lord is good. And all the time, the last but not the least is, why did Jesus send us as sheep among wolves? It's still in line with what we say that we should behave like cowards. Why did he do that? So that his power might be perfected in us. The one who is not a sheep needs no power of the shepherd, needs no guide of the shepherd, because you are strong already. It is the weak that look for God. And that is why sometimes we need to see our weaknesses as point of contact with God rather than to see it as point of fall. We fall more times because of what we can do. I say that again. We fall more times. We commit more sins. The devil conquers us. He is able to tempt us and we fall for the temptation in areas that we are powerful, in areas that we are gifted. Because our giftedness makes us proud. But our weakness makes us humble. And in humility, we approach God and ask for mercy. God allows us and sends us as sheep among wolves so that we might experience his power. We are invited to remain as sheep so that he will remain as our shepherd. I give you this to wrap up this reflection. Quotation from the writing of St. John Chrysostom. John Chrysostom said, he's the father of the church, said, 
So long as we continue to behave as sheep, we are victorious. Even if 10,000 wolves surround us, we conquer and are victorious. But the moment we become wolves, we are conquered, for we lose the help of the shepherd. He is the shepherd of sheep, not of wolves. If he leaves you and goes away, it is because you do not allow him to show his power in you. That's what St. John Chrysostom says, and it's very clear. And that this might be very much understood by you. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who opens to me, I will come in and dine with him and him with me. That explains the last part, that if he leaves you and goes away. God does not leave us, sure. But yet, he, 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 he honors and respects our free will. That free will is seen in that Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who opens, he doesn't force himself on anyone. So if he wants to shepherd you and you refuse to remain a sheep, then you lose the benefits of being a sheep under the shepherd of this God. We pray for the grace to accommodate one another, for the grace to welcome one another. For God is a good shepherd of all the flock. He says there are other sheep who are not of this fold that I need to bring in. Let us pray for the grace to work for the unity of God's people, especially when we are here. Let us pray for leaders who are not able to understand the vision of God to bring people together. That leadership was meant to bring people together. There is unity in the leader. And that is why before Christ left this world, he appointed Peter to be the leader. And after Peter appointed the next one, because the church cannot be united without a leader. We listen to the leader because we believe God speaks to us through that leader. May the grace of God help us to be good shepherds in our different fields, in our different ministries, through Christ our Lord. Amen.